This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Idea to Life podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell. I'm Vicky Weinberg, a product creation coach and Amazon expert. Every week I share friendly, practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses. Let's get started. Today I'm speaking with Mami Sarpong from Persense. Mami creates luxury home fragrances like candles, reed diffusers and other aromatherapy scented products. Her commitment goes merely beyond creating delightful scents. She's also dedicated to establishing a sustainable brand that strives to make a meaningful and possible impact within the candle industry. So we had a really great conversation about all things candles. Um, I learned a lot about candles from this discussion um, and all the things that Mami is doing and is committed to continuing to do to make sure her business is as ethical and sustainable as possible. She also has a really innovative product, which I am not going to tell you about here because you'll have to listen, that I've never seen the likes of anywhere else and I think is absolutely amazing and I can't wait for you to hear her tell us all about that. So I would love now to introduce you to Mami. So hi Mami, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Vicky. Oh, you're welcome. Can we start by you giving an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell? Okay, so uh, my name is Mami Sarpong. Um, I'm the founder of Persons and Persons is all about creating luxury candles, home diffusers and other aromatherapy centered products. Um, we launched in 2022, um, but I think with a real sustainable edge to the brand and that's what we hope to be a very sustainable home fragrance brand thank you and what inspires you to start your business so during the pandemic um i think everybody was stuck at home i work in finance both my husband and i work in finance and i never see myself as a creative person but what i started doing was i started teaching myself how to paint uh, so I watch videos on YouTube just to break up the monotony of just being stuck indoors all the time. Um, so I even tried growing vegetables. I haven't got green fingers at all. So I actually killed the tomatoes I tried to plant. <laughs> but then what I also started doing a lot was burning um, candles. Um, initially, when I started, I used to just buy any good brands I knew, but they were giving my husband headaches. So um I had to stop and that's when I started looking into actually all the different kind of ingredients that go into candle making um and I started teaching myself on YouTube 
So when things started lifting um, in the summer of 2021, we went away um, and we were sat at the garden cafe and I could just smell all these fresh plants, lavender. It was a really nice garden. Um, we were sat in there and I thought, actually, I could bring these scents home. So then I started looking into aromatherapy um, as an option to help keep me relaxed, help um, improve my moods. Um, and so I thought, actually, I could make candles. So then I started looking at alternatives to paraffin wax and everybody gave me such good feedback. So I thought, why not? I could actually make this for a living. Um, and that's when it started. So I think it, it was just because the store-bought candles gave my husband a headache. It got me looking into alternatives. And yeah, and here we are. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I'm assuming that the store-bought candles, did they give your husband a headache because of the ingredients? Because until I met you and we spoke about candles, I don't didn't know much about it, if I'm honest. Yes, I think it was because, for example, paraffin, um it, it releases quite a lot of toxins in the air and some of the synthetic fragrances as well um they do release toxins into the air and different people react to scents and all of those differently i didn't react to them but my husband did it gave him headaches so that's when i started looking at alternatives so i think it's because of what goes into candles we actually underestimate how much is our indoor air is polluted when we burn a lot of candles. Um, I never thought about it until my husband started reacting to it. That's really interesting. And I'll be honest, I never thought about it until I saw you talking about it on Instagram. And then I went round and looked at all my candles and saw what sort of wax they were made of. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell us about what the ingredients are for your candles? Because I know that's yes. what makes them quite unique. Yes. So we only use rapeseed and coconut wax in our candles and we scent them with 100% essential oils and plant extracts. So we, uh, there are other alternative uh, waxes I could have used like soy or beeswax, but I actually sat down during my research to think about how I could make my business different. Uh, soy, the research that I found uh, was that a lot of the soy on the market comes from uh, Northern America, where they're actually destroying forests because of the popularity of soy. Um, there's a lot of deforestation happening and there's some GMO in, in, in soy wax. So I think as personally, I didn't feel that was right for me. Um, and I looked at other alternatives. So rapeseed grows in the UK and it grows in Europe. Um, but it's quite a hard wax. So it's mixed with coconut um, to soften it up a bit. And the coconut, so we started looking for alternative suppliers who would buy or produce these waxes sustainably. And so then we decided to go for the rapeseed wax. And then essential oils are just, yeah, natural scents from plants and, and leaves and things like that. So, yeah, that makes it all natural and not fragrances that are synthetic or made so yeah so that's what we use for our candles thank you sorry and i like to go around in a long way no not at all thank you no i think it's really interesting and i've something as you, as you know i've used your candles and something i've noticed well there's two things that i've noticed one is that they burn for a very long time yes um 
And the other is that the scents are really strong. So even when the yes. candle isn't lit, you really get the scents from the wax. Um, why Why is that? Because I know that you'll know, because I'm sure this is something you've made a conscious decision about. Yes, I think it's because essential oils are quite expensive. So lots of some people who use essential oils in their candles use reduced amounts just because it is expensive and it makes mm. a candle quite expensive. And if you want to be an affordable brand, it's really difficult to use it the way you have to, to make the scent stand out or so you get a good scent through. But we are quite generous in how much essential oils we put in our candles, enough to make it burn well, but then you get the value for money from it. Because a lot of feedback I get from markets is, oh, I burn the candles and after a few hours, the top part burns and I don't really smell it anymore. And I keep telling them, try our candles because we mix the whole batch with essential oils. Um, yeah, to make it burn well and for you to get what you bought, a candle that actually makes a room smell nice. So, and they, and one, one of the, um, characteristics of rapeseed and coconut wax is that it really burns slowly and it burns clean as well so is is a better alternative to yeah the paraffin wax oh thank you and coming back to the scent so does that mean that some candles are only scented in like the top bit and they're not some scented do. all the way down oh, yes really? so when you're buying a candle for say five pounds and even if it's been made with a good wax it's very expensive to be able to justify producing it at that low cost for you to sell it for five pounds. So some manufacturers from the research I found do actually just scent the top part of their candles. Some people only scent the middle bit. So the wax would harden on the outside and they would only scent the middle. So you don't always get the central you need. Um, but lots of independent brands who are very proud of what they do and the businesses they do they do it very well but when you buy a lot of like large-scale manufactured candles you often compromise on quality thank you and actually this is the sense I get speaking from um, business owners who hand make their candles I do get the sense that you take a lot of pride in the quality and and there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Whereas I guess for the bigger brands, maybe it's a lot more about volume and keeping costs down. And I know exactly. that costs are always an aspect, an issue for smaller yes. businesses as well. Um, but I think there's something really nice about them being homemade, handmade mm-hmm. and yes. the thought that goes into it as well. Yes. Yes. We make every, we hand make all our candles, our refills, our diffusers, everything is handmade in house at the moment. And I also don't want to like gloss over everything we've spoken to because I, what I'd really love to know is, so you've talked about your inspiration for starting a business and um, everything that you do. You know, it's a quite a big undertaking to research all of, you know, the ingredients and the components, but then also at the actual making of the candles, how did you learn how to, how to do that? Well, I think my husband would tell you I'm crazy. I like to keep busy because I do actually have a full-time job as a financial controller. So I am already busy, but I do, I've always loved candles. And I, when I wanted to start a business, I knew that the initial research just quickly highlighted how many other brands are in the market. Like everybody makes candles because it's such a low entry product. 
anybody can just start making a candle. But the research, I love to research. Before before I started making candles, my friends would normally contact me if they need anything. Oh, mommy, I need to do this, or I need to go on holiday, or I need. So I love research. So I, it's something that I always enjoy. So researching would normally be in the evenings after work. I'll be sat on the sofa and just read about it or on a day off. I don't watch that much TV. So for me, doing research is sort of a hobby, <laughs> I would say. And that's when, yeah, so I managed to. And I think what, what you find with research is as you start looking into it, you might go in with the idea of finding something, but then something triggers something. So you, it gets you to think about something else. So, for example, when I thought, OK, how can I create a sustainable candle brand um, initially? And the other question for me was, how do I stand out in such a crowded market so that I had to actually think about the jars I want to use the packaging I want to use. I didn't want any plastic film on it. So it meant I went to I went for the more expensive um, um, laminations or because I wanted it to be a, a brand that was sustainable. And even the jars I chose, I chose jars that could hand, handle a lot of heat. So if people have to reuse it in future, it's available for them to use. It won't crack easily. If somebody forgets and leaves their candle um for longer than the recommended burn time which is maximum four hours because some people burn for a whole day i need a jar that would withstand that heat so it was just a lot of research after research after research um yeah and i do enjoy research so yeah yeah it was a learning process but um i think managing your time well helps so i am quite disciplined with my time i know i have a full-time job i have a family somehow I don't always get it right and I don't always manage it all well but yeah managing the time I have evenings um are taken up by candle making and then Saturday Saturday some Saturdays I've taken up by candle making and markets uh, but I always made it a point that I'm not going to be working on a Sunday um so that would be the day that I would just take a chill pill ready for the following week so yeah just yeah that's it <laughs> yeah I guess you have to because as you yeah. say there's always a lot like whatever everyone's situation there's always a lot to fit in and manage and I think you're right none of us get it exactly right the balance all of the time um but it's good that you've got the boundary of not working on Sundays I have to say because I think sometimes it's good to just set a line in the sand and say this is what I won't do yes. because otherwise I could well imagine that well, I don't know, actually, I'd love to know whether, you know, how time consuming making the candles is, but I can imagine that it could be something you could just keep, just keep doing. And then of course, all the other aspects of running the business, um, and you're not doing this full time. I imagine it could eat into every spare hour if you let it. That's correct. Uh, But then I also realized that I'm strong in certain areas and not. So for example, now I do have a part-time social media manager and she handles all the social media because I couldn't do it all alone. I'm good with numbers. I'm good with making the candles. So I do make them, but I do also appreciate somebody else's talent. So I hire a part-time freelance um, social media manager who helps with all that side of things. And she's such a lovely lady. So, yeah that's really good and I think that's really actually good for people to hear because I think it can be really tempting especially you know you mentioned that you started your business only last year especially in the early days it can be tempting to think okay I need to be the person who does everything but I'm sure that you know you'll see the benefits of just 
um, freelancing something that you're you know you don't particularly like doing enjoy doing or probably have the time to do um yeah I think there's a lot of benefits for that yes that's correct that's correct Um, and coming back to making the candles so so you obviously you know you did loads loads of research but what about the practicals like as in I don't know what you need to do melt them pour them yeah Yeah, like melt the wax knowing what temperature to melt them at um so I did a a few courses online um to learn about all the different types of waxes so I think when I decided I was going to make container candles I wasn't going to make pillars or mold candles it molds I was just going to stick with the jar um and lots of I, I did a few online courses then I started practicing so lots and lots of practice, finding out what the right temperatures to melt your wax at. Um, and a lot of the candle um, ingredient suppliers will give you the information uh, if you ask them. So knowing what right temperature to melt your wax, knowing how much ingredients to, uh, sorry, oils to put in, sorry, um, knowing how long you have to mix it for so that all the essential oils actually bonds with the wax yeah so just had to learn it online uh, most of it and lots of testing and practice because when you start testing and practicing how to make it you've come across all the different flaws with you making your own candles like when I've heated the wax too much or when I've um, poured it into a very cold jar like learning all of those things it comes with practice yeah, that, and that's and, really useful. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. And I was just about to say, because I found it so therapeutic, it didn't feel like it was a chore. I actually do enjoy making the candles. I think for me, that's the fun part because I have quite a serious job. Um, and so for me, I think the, the making of the candles was the outlet for me. And that's, yeah, I think that's why I do enjoy making them. Yeah, and I think that's important. And I guess as well, it would be a lot harder for you to commit the extra time to work on the business if you weren't enjoying enjoying yes. it. Yes, that's true. Um, and it's also just what it was interesting reflecting. You know, you said how much you like research, um, but then how, did you did you also enjoy that that trial and error stage? Because the thing is, you can research as much as you like, but once you actually get to doing something practical, that's when yes. it gets harder. Maybe because you've got the than the background and the knowledge but maybe things don't always work as they should how did you find that process um, I think frustrating at times um but I think my friends would say they enjoyed free candles a lot of free candles <laughs> during that time because um when I made them they were my guinea pigs so I'd give them away for them to test the scents and things like that so yeah it was it was frustrating I think at some point it just it was a bit costly because when you're buying the oils and ingredients and you're literally just burning them away and not making any money from them, that was, yeah, that was, but that's part of the business. If you want to do it well, you have to be prepared to invest the time and the money um, to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so. you. And, and on those lines as well, like I know you've mentioned that you love the candle making. How about the actual sort of business aspect? You said you've got a really good head for numbers. And I think that's really yes. important because I know when I had a small business, that was definitely my weakness is that I struggled with the numbers. So I think that must be a huge advantage to have to have that. Are there any of the areas though, apart from we spoke about social media that you have found trickier to 
pick up? Yes, yes. So um, when I started my career in finance, I worked for a skincare brand that that had just launched. And because it was quite a small business at that stage, growing business, it was, I learned a lot from there. Um, so yes, the numbers are a strong point for me because I work in finance. However, um, working in a, a small brand, you are exposed to all the different aspects of the business. So like marketing, um, MPDs, um, operation side of things. So I did have quite a good overview um, about how to run a business, how to launch a brand, even though I might not necessarily have the expertise to do all the copywriting. So I'd give that to somebody to do for me or the web design, somebody to do for me. Um, but I think in terms of my experience in industry has equipped me to be able to um, run the business part of it. So making sure that um, I'm calculating the correct profit margins, um in terms of choosing packaging transporting it all the additional costs that come with it but then marketing and social media like i said weren't my strong point but uh, finances are also another um diffi- any any small business will tell you when you have funds they're stretched very very thinly yeah. so they're things i've had to compromise on and not get um not investing right now but grow it slowly um but then there are certain aspects that I wanted to get right right from the beginning like the photography um like the social media like Instagram and so I was willing to put the money in there and then things like Google ads and things like that I thought I could do later so it's just yeah balancing I I there's been I've made a few mistakes where I've ordered stuff because oh I, I want to take advantage of the bulk discount and realize actually I shouldn't have because I changed my mind about packaging and things like that. So those are some of the mistakes that I've made, but learning from them have helped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think I spoke to a single person who hasn't made mistakes in the early days because I think we all do. But as you said, it's just if you learn from it, then I think it's actually and not an advantage but maybe maybe actually because I think as well as you know you learn something but then it also gives you a bit of resilience that okay I did something wrong but it wasn't the end of the world I think that also can be really helpful um and it's yeah that's really interesting thank you and it's good to hear as well how you're speaking about you know that you can't necessarily do everything you want now and then you have a bit of a plan for it because I think that that can feel really hard in the early days can't it where it sounds like you've got a lot of, of patience mommy where you you know you know that um things will come and I think that's really good because it can be very tempting to, to yeah. either not do things or to try and do everything at once yes because... and I think that's 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 one of the mistakes that small businesses make um that because you have very limited time because often a lot of people start businesses and they have to manage a full-time job as well as the small business. You have to know what your strengths are, one. You have to know that actually I can't do it all. Ask for help when you need the help. And yeah, just be patient. I think that's it. Just be patient. I think often I found myself in the early days looking at some of the established um, candle brands within the space I'm in. Um, I see the number of followers they have. I see the kind of content they have. And I'm like, I actually can't do all this, but okay, okay, I can't. That's just the 
fact, I can't do them. So what can I do to actually grow my business and know that with time and the right investment, I, yeah, I will get there because I'm willing to give it my all. Um, so yeah, why not just have to be patient? I think it's really good to have the perspective as well, because it can be really easy to look at other people, other businesses and think, oh, why aren't I where they are? Um, yeah, that's, so that's a really healthy perspective to have. Yes. Yeah. And I think talking to other brands, because so one thing that Top Draw did for me is I met a lot of lovely brands, small businesses, and I I am keeping in touch with some of them. And sometimes when you feel low, like, oh gosh, is this really worth it? Do you realize there's somebody on the other end of the phone who's actually going through the exact same thing? And we just have to keep going and just persevere if this is what we want to do. I want to give up my my day job. I would love to give my day job at some point in the future and focus on this full time. So I can't just give up on it. Yeah. But yeah. And actually, we haven't mentioned, but um, we actually met at Top Draw in London yes, we did. earlier we did. this year. Yes. Um, I wouldn't, if you don't mind, and I hadn't planned to ask this, but if it's come up, and please say if you don't want to, but it'd be great to hear a little bit about your experience, you know, at a trade show, because that's a huge show, I believe. Was that your first? It was my first. Yes, it was my first. I think um, Top Draw was very positive. I met lots of lovely people. I think in terms of from top draw and the feedback I got from the business consultants, I decided to rebrand my um, candle refills because I was struggling to work out why it really didn't stand out uh, on the shelf. And I knew that it was because people were struggling to work out what it was. Um, People thought it was bath salts because they'd never seen anything like this. So for me, top draw was great seeing lots of other brands great meeting lovely people I've got some sales from top draw um, because I've met businesses there and the feedback has helped me improve on some of my yeah for example my refills I've done a rebrand of them from the feedback I had from top draw so yeah it was it was great for me that's really interesting and I I haven't heard anyone say about the feedback before but I think what you know, how good is that to get that feedback from buyers who obviously look at so many products and have got a really good idea of the market to be able to yes. give you that feedback and for you yes. to then be able to address that? Yes. You know, because that could be the sort of thing that you could go years thinking, why aren't people picking these up? Why aren't they selling yeah. more? So that's yeah. really good. And um, that actually leads us on nicely. Let's talk a little bit about your refills because yes. um, people won't know what they are. Exactly. Okay. So when we started the brand, I did say I wanted to build a sustainable candle brand. And one of the things we started doing was educating people about how to reuse their jars at home. But I just felt that wasn't enough. And I knew I was always going to do candle refills. I didn't know how. Um, But then funnily enough, the jar I chose, I don't know if you've seen my original candle jar, it's narrower on the top and it gets wider when you go down yeah so when I started considering candle refills there's no way I could go for a block and the last thing people hate and that's one of the feedback I actually had from top drawer they buy candle uh, refills it comes in a block and you have to actually use the um, company's jar or a jar that it fits in so during my research I thought actually all I see are refills out there, but they're all blocks. In the UK, how could I make a refill that 
will allow people to use anything they have at home. As long as it's heat proof, it won't crack, it won't leak. As long as it's suitable for making a candle, how can I just get people to use what they have? Because or a mug at home without necessarily having to buy a candle. And, and then something just went off into my head and then I started looking. But then one thing I didn't want to do was to use plastic or um, to make it quite a long process because there are lots of candle making kits out there where you can melt the wax, you have to put the oils in. I wanted something that was easy to use. You could pick up and just, yeah, use as a refill. But I didn't know how I was going to do that. So I started researching and I found a company that actually did uh, pouches that were suitable for using in a microwave. So I asked for samples and I actually said, actually, there are lots of households because I do have friends who choose not to have a microwave. Does that mean I'm going to eliminate them as well uh, for the market? And the pouches came and we tested it. And yeah, and these, we decided actually this is going to work. So we tested it for quite a long time. And that's what brought about the birth of our candle refills. It is a candle that's pre-scented in a 100% compostable pouch. And that was the other thing. I didn't want a pouch that would add to the problem of waste because one of the biggest things I wanted to do was to do my little part to sort, try and tackle the waste issue we have in the candle industry. Millions of jars end up in landfill and the wax at the bottom of our candle jars, especially if it's made from paraffin, do end up in landfill, which is quite bad for our for yeah planet earth so i wanted something that was compostable so it would literally disappear back into the soil um i wanted something that was easy to use something that was unique something that anybody could use whether you had a microwave or a pot you could put on the fire so then we created our refills which is our pre-center candle in a 100 compostable pouch you just pop it in a microwave or if you haven't got a microwave in a pot of boiling water you melt the wax and then you pour it into an existing jar and everything, the wick and the wick holder come inside the pouch. So you literally pick up the pouch and it, you, you can make a candle as long as you have a suitable jar. Thank so, you for explaining it. Yeah. And as you know, I picked up one at Top Drawer and I can yes. attest to the fact that it is so easy to use. I ex- sort of expected there to be more steps, if I'm honest, but it really was heat, pour, waste a while light yes, it really it. was and that really surprised me and, I, and as you know I was absolutely delighted because I just thought that's so 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 clever because you're right if you buy a like a block candle refill then you it just never fits in the jar even if you yeah. buy it for the jar it's intended it just doesn't work also there's something really satisfying about pouring it yourself yeah I think it's the process it, and that's a, quite a lot of feedback we've had. And I, I wasn't expecting, that's just come off feedback we've had from customers who said, I actually enjoyed making it. And because it was so easy, it just made it even more satisfying. So, yeah. And I really like the fact as well that you don't necessarily even need to have a jar that, like you say, you no. can just make it in a mug or just anything that you, suitable that you have already. And yes. as you say, that just takes away the thing of, you know, you want a new candle, but, you know, maybe you've already got lots of jars from previous candles. Yes. Um, I think that's that's really great. So I think this makes it great for well, for everyone. But I think especially for candle lovers, because if, you know, you 
burn a lot of candles and you have a lot of empty jars sitting around then you have well what what do I do with them they're really hard to reuse Yes. So I did reuse some of my old jars. I put spices in them at home. I used some on my desk to put matches in or pens. But then you run out of ideas and what do you do with them? And I have been doing a few markets and every single time somebody picks up a pouch, they're like, that is actually, that is so clever. I could actually reuse my jars and it, hearing that from a lot of people is, yeah, it just puts a smile on my face. Oh, it should. Yeah. It's really, I, yeah, well, you saw, I was delighted when I found out that you <laughs> did that. I just, I've never heard of that. And I think it's amazing. And um, yeah, just such a, a unique proposition. And as I've said before, so I also like how much thought you've put into every single aspect of your business, you know, about the pouches being compostable. I just think that the care you've taken in thinking about all the sustainability issues and the ethical issues are fantastic yeah because that that's very important to me um uh, I am originally from Ghana and I know one of the biggest issues we've had um I've seen what flooding does to lives um and a lot of that is because of plastic waste and deforestation um and when you're close to the actual impact of what waste is doing um yeah it makes you think I think that's what it is because I, I I've seen firsthand what the impact of us not caring about how plastic affects us or how uh, we dispose of stuff or what we dispose of um I've seen the fir- firsthand what what that does so yeah it was important for me to think about all of that in the business. So for me, it's not necessarily just entirely about um, making profit, but just making a, a difference, however small that difference is, um, just to get people to think twice about what they're buying and what they're disposing of. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, I agree with you as well that I think even if we all make a small difference, that does start to add up so I think I think that's great and I also yeah thank you for sharing that as well because it's really nice to hear the the, you know the personal reasons Mm -hmm. for for making the decisions as well Mm -hmm. thank you yeah so I'm actually in Ghana now so visiting family and yeah so it's, it's nice to come back and yeah see everyone but then also see lots of good good projects that are ongoing to tackle the main issue of plastic waste in this country so I'll be talking about a few things on my Instagram and and online about that in the coming weeks oh amazing and I'll make sure we link to your all your social media and your website in the show notes for the episode um and so I've got one final question before we finish which is what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators if you're passionate about your business I will say um, you don't have to know it all. Um, You can actually do what you love, but also acknowledge that there are some skill sets you won't be 100% at. So please, if you can, outsource those because then you can free up your time to think about the, the things you're actually very, very good at. And you won't always get it right. You will make mistakes. But the lessons we learn from those mistakes is what helps you build a better brand. 
um I've learned quite a few lessons in the one year I've been trading. Some very expensive mistakes I've made, but you learn from them and you move on from it. So, and then you can't always be like the big brands. So how can you be unique and how can you still stand out? It's, it's very, very important. I think that's the one question I've always asked myself from the beginning because I knew I was going to a very crowded market. But the only thing that kept kept me going, and that's what steered a lot of my decisions, is how do I stand out from the crowd that people would notice me? Um, and that's very important. That is. And I think it's always good to have something to keep coming back to as well, yeah. to sort of yeah. keep you on track, as it were, especially when yes. you get to, as we were saying earlier, you can get to the stage where you want to do all of the things. and it, But it's just nice to know that, okay, no, that isn't for me because this is what I'm about, for example. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for that and for everything oh, that you thank shared. You. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you. Right, thank you. Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.